<clears throat> We're going to finish up the articles of faith today. Uh, we'll take a, a look at creation, biblical marriage, and then I'm adding one, the sanctity of life on our statement of faith. But creation says we believe, this is our articles of faith, we believe the Genesis account of creation being six. Now it says literal, you can, you know, we'll edit that out because it's kind of redundant because it says being six 24-hour days. We believe that man came by direct creation of God and not evolution. I'm going to just give you some verses today. Kind of the obvious one is Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, what's, what's interesting today is, is it's, I, you know, last week when we talked about the local church for a long time, okay? <laughs> 55 minutes worth? Yeah, Bo's back there going. And I actually cut it off. I cut you off. There was, there was a there was a there was a few there was a there was a few other verses that I thought nah we don't we're good and so I didn't go there but you know and I mentioned to you that I had a guy one time he wanted to argue with me about the the local New Testament church and he said that's not in the New Testament and I went really yeah it is no it's not and I said. The biblical truth and teaching of the local church is all through the New Testament. Well, yeah, that's correct, but the words local church aren't in there. You know, it's like, Lord, keep me from, you know. So many times we, especially when we are talking with folks, that they, they, they skip over the obvious that's right there. You know? And they're looking out there for, you know, Something else, or where they're looking out there for a reason not to believe the Word of God. How clear can it be? In the beginning, God created. You stop right there. Creation, end of story, done, declared. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made and rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And now between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis chapter 2, we have the first day what he did, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day. And every time he did it, it was good. It was complete. It was perfect. And then, of course, he creates man. <clears throat> little side note there, that word God in your Bible comes from the Hebrew word Elohim. That means the plurality of God. What's another way of saying that? The Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Because in chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image. Ray spent time on that. Okay. Creation. If you were to go to the New Testament, well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's work our way to the New Testament. Go to Job. 
Who? Job. In the New Testament? In the Old Testament. I said, let's, <laughs> let's go back to the Old Testament and work our way to the New Testament. Details. Details. I'm telling you. Picking at me already. Go to Job 38. <clears throat> and, I, and I've given you these verses. It, it, again... A lot of what we're doing here as we go through our articles of faith is, is I'm giving you tools for your toolbox. Okay? Number one, to strengthen our faith. And number two, when we are confronted by what is in opposition to God's Word, you've got a place that you can go to. How about this conversation between God and Job? Job 38, verse 1 says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, and We go down to verse 4. I like. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in this conversation. Talk about make you shudder and shiver and shake and look for a place to hide. God says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Okay? Where were you when I created this? And then you go through verse 38 and he's going, Who did this? Where were you when I did this? Who did this? God is declaring his works. He is declaring to Job. Who he is, what he did. Okay. Go to Psalm chapter 8. <clears throat> David is writing this. Psalm 8, verse 3. When I consider... By the way, whose heavens... He didn't say the heavens. He said thy heavens. Implies what? Ownership. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, Again, declaring God as the Creator. Declaring God as the One who holds that all together. Where do we see that? Now we can jump to the New Testament. Go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, again, is, is declaring the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Declaring His deity. Fortifying who He is. In verse 16 it says, For by Him were all things created. Who is the Him? The Lord Jesus Christ. For by Him were all things created 
that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and this is important, and by Him all things consist. Not only is Jesus Christ, God the Son, the Creator of the heavens and the earth and everything in it, He is the one that holds all of this together. By Him, everything is held together. Very simple. You know, what does the Bible talk about faith? What does it say we need to have the faith like or of? Yeah, mustard seed or a little child. God's Word said That settles it. I believe it. End of story. Creation. You know, we could go and I could get you the videos of of the Creation Science Institute and and all kinds of these things that show you all of these, you know, earthly proofs that we really have a young earth. And uh, I believe it, I should have, in 1st, 2nd Peter, there's a verse that says, and the mountains uh, were created of old, or looking old, they were created with age. And I can get you that verse. God designed, He created this world now things have happened as far as God working and moving in creation especially early on we have a relatively younger God created it in six days why? why do I say that? well God's word says it end of story Now, let's go on to the next one. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. The next one that we have is biblical marriage. We believe marriage is the union between a natural man and a natural woman. That had to be changed and added. That it is a union ordained and instituted by God Himself. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He Him, male and female created He them. 
Really? That's all we need right there. Remember on a billboard one time, <laughs> driving by, and this big debate was going on, and I saw on the billboard, God created Adam and Eve, not Bruce and Steve. <laughs> he created Adam and Eve. Let's keep going in Genesis here. In Genesis chapter 2. Verse 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Verse 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman and brought her unto man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And here's verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. What do we have? A man leaving and cleaving to whom? His wife. And it's in that one flesh phrase is more than just a physical union. Remember back in Job? With all that happened to Job, along with Job, who survived Job? Mrs. Job. <laughs> You remember when 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 God said, "All right, you can you can uh, you know take his family," and and Satan did, and you can take his possessions, and Satan did, and God says you can take his health, and Satan did, but you cannot kill him. There's a tremendous example of one flesh. Because when God says you can't kill Job, he was also talking about Mrs. Job. Now, Mrs. Job said some things to Job, like curse God and die. And I find it rather humorous. Maybe I'm going to really get myself in trouble. How many more children did Job have at the end? Anyhow, all right, let's move on. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2. And Paul is going over the qualifications to Timothy. And he's talking about, in, in, in the old King James, they'll, they'll use the word bishop, elder, overseer, as that place in the local church of a spiritual authority and spiritual account, excuse me, accountability. And spiritual service. It says in chapter 3, verse 1 of 1 Timothy, this is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. And the bishop then must be blameless, oh, here we go, the husband of one wife. Okay. 
And I'm not going to get into what that phrase, just the actual phrase that it is husband, wife. Again, another verse there. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. It says, and the, the marriage bed is undefiled. It is to be pure within the marriage covenant. One man, one woman. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about verses 21 through 28, talks about the relationship with the husband and the wife. Marriage. A union ordained by God. You know, not a lot of verses. It's, it, you know, how many verses do, have we used to go over all of the previous points in our articles of faith? 55 minutes worth last week. <clears throat> but today, not a lot. It's not necessary. There is no other way, there is no other way that you can take any of the verses regarding creation and biblical marriage and change those, twist those, other than to just refuse to accept and believe it. They're not open for interpretation. And lastly... Sanctity of life. Think about something. How many know John 3.16? What is the first phrase of John 3.16? For God so loved the world. What is that world? That's mankind. That is you and I. Throughout all of history. Throughout eternity, God so loved the world. Man was created in the image of God. I want you to go to Jeremiah chapter 1. You know, a little background on old Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah was born into a family of priests. His grandfather was a priest. His dad was a priest. Therefore, it was expected. And actually, there was no... Guess what Jeremiah was going to be? A priest. His life was planned for him. It was set in motion. He, he, saw, he had watched his grandfather. He had watched his father. He knew what the duties and the role of the Levitical priesthood was. He knew what was expected of him by God and the people of Israel. Life set for him. Doesn't have to make a whole lot of decisions. 
Then all of a sudden, verse 4 of chapter 1, then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Guess what, Jeremiah? In eternity past, I knew you, and I set you apart, and I chose you to be a prophet for me to my people. I kind of shook old Jeremiah up. Because think about it. In the Levitical law, in the Mosaic law, there were sacrifices, uh, statutes in place to take care of the Levitical priesthood. Yeah, they didn't inherit land. They didn't. No, they were taken care of by God's people through the sacrifices and what happened at the tabernacle or the temple. He was taken care of. Families taken care of. All of a sudden, God says, <laughs> "You know, you're going to be a prophet. The only one taking care of you is me." That old rug. And so what has Jeremiah said? Then said I, Ah, Lord God, boy, did you just make a mistake. (laughs) Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. We think Jeremiah may be around his 20s, early 20s, somewhere in there, getting ready to to take on that mantle of the priesthood. And God said to him, He said, Listen, before I formed thee in the belly, this is important, I knew thee. That's intimacy. That's knowing. You know, God God knows us and knew us in eternity. God knew you in eternity past. He knew everything about you. He, He knew your personality. He knew your strengths. He knew your weaknesses, your 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 good points and your bad points. He knew everything about you. Why? Because you were a living being. He says, even before you came out of the womb, He said, I set you apart. You don't set apart an inanimate object like that. He set you apart for a particular purpose. You will be a prophet unto Me. That verse speaks of intimacy. It speaks of knowing somebody intimately. In Isaiah 7.14 it says, Behold, a virgin shall what? Conceive. Let's go to Psalm 139. Let's go back to one Psalm, uh, Psalm 139, verses 14. It's, this is... Uh, this is David writing here. David wrote, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. 
Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy books all my members were written, which is in continuance, were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. What's he saying? The same thing that Jeremiah said. You knew me in eternity past. You breathed life into me when I was conceived. And as that little baby grows in the womb, he's saying, you added all those parts. And you opened my eyes when it was time. And you, the fingers and, and all of those things you put together. And you know what's interesting, and this even confirms it even more, that both David and Jeremiah were the right man at the right time in the right place. You know, we have a God that knew us before we came into existence. And as we were in our mother's womb, He knew everything about us. He knew our strengths. He knew our weaknesses. You know, I like what, there's an old boy named Warren Wearsby. And he's written probably more books that are in pastor's studies probably than any fundamental theologian that we've seen in the last hundred years. And he said, what we are is God's gift to us, but what we do with it is God's gift to Him. Life is precious. God ordained life. He established life. And as such, it is His to control, not ours. And we believe that life begins at conception. You cannot have a relationship and intimacy with something that is an inanimate blob or object, whatever the world wants to call it. He knew us intimately in eternity past and before we were even born. You know why why do we have these these articles of faith? Is it so that we can get ready for battle and we can get ready to win an argument and all those things? No. It's a help us establish one doctrine. And it's called the all-sufficiency of Scripture. The all-sufficiency of Scripture. That we hold to the Word of God. I had Bo read 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And then it goes on to list those. That the man of God may be perfect or complete, truly furnished unto all good works. Verse 17. 
I got a quote that I wrote in the deal of my Bible. It says, The very definition of inerrancy establishes the absolute truth and the all-sufficiency of Scripture. That it is without error and by its very nature cannot contain error. Verse after verse declares its truth, purity, preservation, and divine inspiration. But all of these can be summed up in one verse, and that is Psalm 119.89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. These articles of faith are here to declare that we believe in the all-sufficiency of Scripture. And it is our only guide. It is the book by which we feast on, the book that we should seek to follow, the book that we should seek to immerse ourselves in and have it become a part of us. You know, we could just say, Articles of Faith, number one, we believe in the all-sufficiency of Scripture. And leave it at that. But we add these because we are in a time and place today. Where folks need a little help. And we all need a little help. What's our first article of faith? The Word of God. It's through the Word of God that we know God. It's through the Word of God that we begin to sort of get a grasp, a little bit of an understanding of who God is. It's through the Word of God that we understand that we have an enemy. It's through the Word of God that we can, uh, through the working of God's grace in our life, resist that enemy. It's through the Word of God that we can experience the salvation you know, we are totally depraved. The Bible says that there is none that seeketh after God. Period. And, God tell, and, the, and the Word of God tells us of that grace that God initiates toward us. Tells us of the local church that Jesus Christ Himself ordained and set up and established to accomplish His will on earth. Not our will in heaven. His will on earth. It affirms that He is indeed the Creator. It affirms uh, biblical marriage. It affirms the preciousness and the sanctity of human life. You don't give your life for something that's worthless. Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. It tells us that He made Himself of no reputation. He, he became man for us. He became the lowest. He became our sacrifice. 
because he loved us. Now that we've gone through all of these, does anybody have any questions? All right. Those are going to be our basic articles of faith. We are going to uh, print those up on a nice piece of paper. <laughs> and we're going to frame them, and we're going to put them where everybody can see them. Not as an in-your-face thing, but as a all-sufficiency of Scripture. That's why we do what we do when we come together on Sunday morning. I've had guys go, man, you have a Bible study time and preaching? I go, yeah. And they even stay. They don't leave. (laughs) He goes, man, if I go over 20 minutes, my people get all upset. And I said, well, that's your problem. I mean, maybe they get upset, but they don't tell me. (laughs) The all-sufficiency of Scripture. The Word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank You so much for the Lord Jesus. And the price He paid for us at Calvary, Father. And I thank You for uh, who You are, Lord. And your holiness and Your righteousness and Your justice and Your love and mercy and grace. Father, I thank You for uh, Your Word, the all-sufficiency of it. Lord, I just pray that You will just watch over us, Lord. And uh, There's some things that uh, may be coming up that we've been praying about, Lord, and I just... I pray your will be done, Father. And Lord, just help us to uh, remember who we are. Pray that you watch over us this week, Lord. Just, uh, again, help us to remember who we are. In Jesus' name, amen.